0: Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick.
1: So I had posed the question the last episode, will the NHL ever expand to Europe? There was a lot of talk about this off and on for the past 20, 30 years. And now that the Concord is coming back online, what do you guys think?
2: Yes, but not in the way I think you're envisioning. Unfortunately, just there are too many um, straight-laced... I'm sorry, I can't even say that. With a straight face, um, but straight-laced businessmen who only work and operate in one way. So to inject a European division for the NHL regular season just doesn't seem feasible. Just, if if you think all the complaints over bubbles for a couple weeks in the potential 2021 season was going to be an issue, like month-long vacations in Europe, how's that going to work out in, you know, the dead of winter? But... What if they started a summer league in Europe? Eligible for, let's say it's a two-month calendar for players 23 and under of any nationality. Would that work?
0: I'm here for the HRR, here for the HRR. (laughs) I'm here for the HRR, Mm because HRRs are saving grace.
2: Because the cost of running something as a summer league versus traveling across the Atlantic during the regular and potential post-seasons would be substantial. So, cost less, which means... More in your pocket.
1: So, you don't think that that with this potential NHL season having a division in Canada, all of Canada, and three divisions in the U.S., they couldn't add another division in Europe and have a similar scenario where that each division plays internally until they get a champion and then they have a playoff.
0: You're asking for six new teams in Europe.
1: Six or seven.
0: Yeah. In one fell swoop. I mean, are you envisioning a, a 1967 expansion
1: scenario? I'm not really envisioning anything other than magically there are six or seven teams in Europe that like pop up and they have a playoff scenario. I mean, it would end up being ultimately they would just, you know, have existing teams, European teams, you know, switch allegiance into the NHL. They, they wouldn't. Yeah, it would be like a 1967 expansion, um, I would guess but yeah.
2: What is the, uh, the current rate of the Euro to the U S dollar?
1: I believe the Euro is slightly higher than the U S dollar, but I'm not positive about that.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think that would be the biggest limiting factor. Um, Thus, why we have yet to see a return to Quebec City, amongst the long list of other reasons. There is potential for it when a there is a new commissioner and different non-Jeremy Jacob owners running the uh, executive committee of the Board of Governors. There is a potential, but we are at least a decade from having a real conversation about it.
0: I think it's one of those that if they could find a way to get at least two teams over there to start and flights were doable, Concord or not? As far as cost, right? Because every time you listen to Brian Burke talk about when he ran this team or that team, one of the things he always complained about was the cost of travel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and how I think it was—I think it was when he was running Calgary—he was just beside himself at um, schedule maker Steve that they didn't have a return game coming back from, I think it was Toronto or Montreal. They didn't have a return game in, like, Winnipeg or something. So they just basically went out there and they played back-to-back and flew back, and it was some ridiculous like amount of money to run the charter there and back. You know, basically a direct flight out there, have the charter sit on the ground for, you know, 12 hours or something until the next game, and then fly back, and it was just some ridiculous amount of money. So until that little hurdle can be overcome, I don't think Europe's feasible. Even in a self-contained division environment, because the potential for money expenditure for playoff games, and the way the schedule works, that's going to have to rearrange the entire playoff schedule. Right, because you're not going to do two there, two home, and then alternate.
1: No, you would have to have. It would have to be like a a, a World Juniors scenario where you have a tournament located in one place,
0: which is never going to fly, regardless of Jeremy Jacobs being there or not. They want that lovely, lovely gate
2: yes because it's all about the individual teams making that gate so for once we can't make this about toronto and just parking the tournament there because that's what you know that cold breeze from the north is as someone (laughs) shouts out as they tap our recording feed just put it in toronto as they're gonna say oh this is what we're gonna do with the vancouver canucks In about three weeks.
0: We'd sell every game out. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Let's go back to 2016. And talk about that World Cup of Hockey. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: They sold every game out. But boy. Are are the suits looking. More and more like seats every day.
0: Mm -hmm. No no no. The tickets were sold. Just because people didn't bother to show. You know. The there's poor scalpers who
1: didn't get their return. Yeah, well.
0: There's... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, because... I'm pretty sure the NHL people have scopes, and I think one of them just landed at Field a little while ago. <laughs> so, did anything happen this week in hockey?
2: Yeah. No. There was a lot of talk, but very little actually happened. Hmm. Well, there were two things that happened. One person retired and one person may be retiring.
1: Calgary now has a uh, goaltending department. That happened.
0: Yeah, but it's it's nowhere near as good.
1: Well, it's not goaltending excellence. It's right. just goaltending, it's,
0: yes. It's just not an excellent department.
1: Mm-hmm. Do
2: you? Is, Sorry, is, I is no. one member of a goaltending department per goalie a good ratio?
0: Is that what gets you that excellence rating? Well, actually, I, I, I think if we use um, the particular formula, I think you have to have more than one person in the department, you know, more than a one-to-one ratio to get excellence status? hmm hmm At least he, on your roster, not in your system, just in your roster, you know, or you know, just on your NHL roster. So if you've got three, then you can call yourself excellent.
1: Because see, it's not just the goaltending coach. You also have to have a video coach, and then you have to have a trainer, and then you have to have um, an intern. You have to have at least one intern and you have to
0: have Luongo. You have to have one former player who your franchise adores that you want to give a job to and who is, you know, was a former goaltender. Then one guy who probably played for your team but has actually fallen into goaltending coaching. And then one former goaltender coach who can help teach everyone how to coach but without actually coaching which is what
2: a coach does Hmm.
0: the coach coach of coaches
1: kind of like the the uh the trainer who trains the trainer exactly Mm mm-hmm
0: You know, who watches the watchers, who teaches the teacher, (laughs) you know, who coaches the coach. And then that way you can have a goaltenders coach union, right? Mm, Because you have to have
1: everything special for goalies.
0: Yep. Yep. And then they can go off and do their own little seminars like the NHL coaches have been doing. Because what we really need really need more than anything is more specialization
2: I don't know I kind of like the idea of Kevin Woodley and In Goal Magazine running a goaltending coaching convention each summer up in British Columbia that sounds like fun to me
1: Penticton? Can we all go to Penticton?
2: I'm okay with that
1: right. like
0: british columbia is ever going to allow people back in
1: well i mean canadians can still go to canada right so <laughs> oh yeah we can all go to the okanagan and enjoy themselves and we can live vicariously through them
0: as long as they provide a zoom feed would be good it'll be okay for the next
2: three years but then i want in darn it or is that being too optimistic I- i'm not sure
0: I'm trying not to make some very bad jokes right now.
2: <laughs> ah! Well done. I, I I tried
0: to put the lure out there, but
1: bad jokes are welcome on this on this podcast, though.
0: Yeah, but uh, I've been reading a book called Jewish Comedy, a serious history.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, which
1: uh...
0: is a fan- it's a fantastic book. Uh. Basically, tracking how Jewish comedy has evolved, or comedy specifically from Jews, Jewish people, has evolved over over history. So, yeah, some of the Mel Brooksian and Lenny Bruce stuff that I would say right now, probably not cool. So, um, <clears throat> raise your hand if you think you're getting 56 games in.
1: I mean, all at once play-offs. or in a row or all like, at once or period overall? I mean, I, I do you need more definition
2: here. Yeah, one team might eclipse 56 games. Maybe one.
0: Before July 25th? Yes,
2: one team. Okay. One team only.
0: One team and one team only. Do we have to guess?
2: Well, it's going to be the team that ends up being too tired because they end up playing 28 playoff games and, you know, have a piddly regular season. Um, could it be the Seattle Maple Leafs and then they lose? No, that, that's just that's too easy. Could it yeah, be that's- the Canadians? That might be more entertaining and chaotic.
1: Hmm. Does it have to be a Canadian-based team?
2: Oh, or- well, I'm just thinking to see them get so close and to see it take, quote-unquote, taking it from them. I, I, I'm looking into the future and reading, uh, you know, future pros uh, on how a Stanley Cup final, where the, Cana- the one Canadian team that had a chance loses in a game seven. So Calgary. Yeah, they did their time. No, let's let it be Winnipeg or Ottawa. No, Winnipeg. Winnipeg.
0: Oh, God, could you imagine Ottawa making the playoffs? <laughs>
2: Actually, I
0: can. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. In this, in the way everything's laid out right now. hmm In the True North Division. <laughs>
1: The Great White North Division.
2: Okay. Now, now that we're you've
1: brought up division names,
2: you two being of you know the Pacific Northwest, was the Seattle franchise officially jobbed over the metropolitan name? Yeah. Now that it no longer exists.
0: No, it doesn't exist for this one year. Yeah. yeah we'll see. But, yes, we were.
2: I just want to see the Metropolitan name die in a fire as far as the division goes. Okay,
0: thank you. Thank you for clarifying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as an outsider, it's not my first choice of a team name, but whatever. Nah, Neither mean- was the official team name for most of the people in Seattle. So,
0: God, yes. Still can't get over the fact that nobody here likes it, but everyone everywhere else loves it. Oh, except it the for
1: Palatins? The no, they're uh, on. Kraken. Uh, Kraken. Yeah. I no longer live there, so I can't qualify for being someone there who likes it. But I like it, so.
0: It's because you're not around here. See, there you go.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: We don't. Ha- you don't have to hear it ad nauseum, or see it written. Uh, well, we'll probably do that because for some reason we still follow this league day in day out.
0: Um, as a aside, somewhat, I have noticed a decided uptick in the number of people that I see wandering around in Seattle Kraken paraphernalia, whether it's been Tooks or hoodies or um, t-shirts, that kind of stuff. So it's been fairly interesting.
1: It'll probably go up after Christmas too when everyone's like got their yeah. gifts.
0: Yeah oh stocking stuffer type stuff, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: as we record, uh, being the hockey hipster that I am, I I am, in fact, wearing a Kraken hat, (sighs) and I wore it out for my uh, every two-week shopping excursion for um, food, and that being the only thing I go out for anymore. And... Oh, the weird looks I got were excellent. They're like, what the (laughs) heck? You could just see the blank stares. And it was just the thing I was going for. That, and I was wearing a Minnesota North Stars mask. So I'm really mm -hmm. twisting the gears with some people. (sighs) Good God. (laughs)
1: See I'm limiting myself to a jersey. once the jerseys come out in like June or July or whatever, I'll buy myself a home jersey and that's I think that's it. Otherwise it would be overflowing with cracking gear and I don't want to do that. so <laughs> I'll just do the do the jersey and color good.
0: I'm not buying a damn thing. Good for you. I Stick to, to your principles. Who, until I find out who's on the team and then if there's yeah. <laughs> like then I might get one of their sweaters if the if they
2: work. That's kind of what I'm waiting for on the on the jersey front as well, which we'll find out uh like 2 days after the Stanley Cup is awarded apparently.
0: Oh. So they actually did announce a, an official date.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. it is. they have a calendar and everything. Old
0: schedule. <gasps> Good. Gravy. I haven't I uh, see I've I've been reading books.
1: <laughs> books? Who does well, that anymore? I,
2: the little hands allowed that? <laughs> I I'm confused. You can you're allowed to read when there are children in the house? or when they're not around
0: so I'm gonna tiptoe around this one very carefully (laughs) I leave the house (laughs) which is how I've been seeing people adorned in Kraken memorabilia I tend to grab my Kindle and leave the house and um, just go park somewhere for a few hours and read my book in peace (laughs)
1: I go for drives, so I understand. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah I, I, you know, I have two cars that need to be driven, but I don't get out of them.
0: I no, I don't get out of my car either. I, I, I. Uh, oh boy, I the have slurry a
2: slurry office, which I have seen. Y-
0: yes, I have a mobile office that I mm-hmm. go park with some spectacular views and go read a book. So I'm not at home. <laughs>
1: I completely understand.
0: Because I don't have a space in this house currently. So, there. And enough of my grousing. Thank you for attending my therapy session. Um, Anthony Duclair. I wanted to talk about Duke. I don't know whether to feel sorry for this kid. Head, and I, I know it sounds condescending to call him a kid, but I don't know whether to feel sorry for him or not. Because I think he got screwed by the pandemic, but I think he also did himself a bit of a disservice by not having an agent.
2: A little a column A, a little a column B. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I mean, everyone, and I, I have such a tough time with the with the narrative on him that the goals that he scored last season, you know, or specific category, or you know, he scored them all early and didn't score any, and it's sort of like, okay, that's yeah, you know, I see your point, but type thing. Yeah,
2: it, it's just like conversations about goaltending where there's that cliched phrase about goaltending that I'm not going to bring up, but goaltending is a product of the environment and really the roster, the talent on the roster. If a team is terrible defensively, if they cough up pucks, you know, at their offensive blue line and allow breakaways left and right, it doesn't matter how talented a player is like someone we may talk about in a little bit. Um, There's only so much that they can do. You can actually score on a goalie because, oh, there's not five guys standing in front of them, not allowing grade-A scoring chances or forcing the goalie to move and change his line of sight. Same for talented goal scoring. Crazy things happen in October and November, and then everything starts to stabilize, and When a surrounding cast is kind of riding high and helping a player like Anthony Duclair and getting the puck in scoring positions, he's going to put up numbers. But when your teammates struggle and then times you struggle, of course there are going to be dry spouts. Like look at the five worst place teams and and look at guys who categorically have had great offensive output and oh my god, they're having a really off season and they go somewhere else and bang, it, it's like they're rejuvenating. No, they're just around talent.
1: Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that hockey is a team sport and somebody's statistics is dependent upon who they're playing with?
2: Yes. Yes, I am. And no, I am Whoa. not Taylor Hall's agent. <laughs> yeah. And I can confirm I am not Taylor Hall's agent.
0: Uh, I mean, I love him as a player. Declare.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, I, I think he had some maturing in his game, but I think he got bounced around in a bad situation. He's one of those again. You know, we've had that discussion before. Who, you know, what player? got kind of screwed out of their potential by getting into a, a bad team. And I think he's, he's a very good candidate for that because, you know, he, Arizona was, ugh. Yeah. And then he was just, you know, so far down in the pecking order in Chicago. And then Columbus, there's a kid who's got absolutely no confidence going into a coach who demands confidence. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was unbelievably happy to see him land in Ottawa and find some success. You know, I just, I don't know what he's going to do in, in Florida. I want to see him succeed more than anything. Cause I think I'm just sympathetic towards him right now. <laughs> Cause I'm like one year, 1.7 for, for what he showed he could do even on Ottawa, was kind of like, uh, oh, boy.
2: And that would have been the equivalent of his qualifying offer he could have gotten from the Senators. Yeah. Which, it, it makes it really tough to to kind of accept.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's sort of, you know, I... I get that he was sort of looking for maybe longer term than the 2 years they wanted to give him. And I don't know if the 2 years was going to take him into UFA status or not. So but I think he's UFA at the end of this one because of the he they didn't accept a qualifying offer. I think that's the way it works.
2: Oh, he was not offered one. So
0: I Oh, no, that's right. They no, they didn't tender him one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because he could have asked and I believe the ask was a number that the team couldn't walk away from. Remember he serves me like oh. there was a like he was a victim of circumstance and he didn't. He also didn't get the advice he needed to navigate the situation.
0: Yep. Yeah. I okay.
2: think those are the two issues. With just the contract negotiations that happened.
1: I mean, there's also self-esteem in in whether or not you, can, you feel like you deserve something more. And also, if you have the self-esteem to, like, stand your ground and say, no, I deserve something more. I mean, especially if he doesn't have an agent, he's doing it for himself. Yeah. So, and
2: let's be honest, he is now at an age where this is this was the time he needs to hopefully set himself up for post playing days. Take care of himself and his family and whatever his situation is. Because He is not the caliber of player that was going to, you know, get the big UFA offer. So being an RFA, putting up decent stat line, being a good player on a bad team. I don't I don't blame him if he dug his heels in a little bit in negotiation, but you just hope he has a ridiculous ridiculous uh breakout this season to kind of justify this is what i felt now i'm around some talent how he slots into a Quinville coach team maybe he something you know just happens to work out for him but it, it's still a coin flip
0: yeah and it totally is and i i kind of want him to have an anson carter with the twins type season yes you know? And then yeah. be able to sustain some sort of success afterwards. Just because I, I, I think he's been kicked around too much. And I think there's too much talent there.
2: Yeah. It's
0: thing.
1: There's also the whole like lazy hockey thinking, too, of whatever a guy gets labeled with early in his career tends to stick. And so coaches don't actually like, re-scout players when they... Like come onto their teams. They just sit there and assume, oh, well, this is what he did in his last team. That's what he's going to do here.
2: Well, and that's what makes it interesting because Duclair did play, you know, 20 some odd games for Quinville just a few years ago. So who knows if you can make anything of that, but I do imagine he did have some input in saying, yeah, let's go get this guy.
0: I liked what I saw. I I would hope that Quinville did sort of stand up and say, Yeah, I think he brings some pop and some depth that we need. And you know, I don't expect him to be top you know, top line player. But if he's if he settles in second line and, and gets close to twenty goals in a shortened season, boom, you know.
2: Well or
0: should he be the top line player?
2: So Markov is your 1C in Florida. Vinny Henestroza is your 2C
0: question mark? Yeah. Yeah.
2: In, in, in trading away uh Vincent Trotriak last year, they they have a, a void. They have plenty of players that are natural centers, but some of that fills that 2C role. Uh, I don't know. But when you have a Selkie caliber one C and Jonathan Huberto is no slouch either. And he is a player I could see playing either side of the wing. He's good enough. Can't they insulate an Anthony Duclair? Cause I think Duclair can play against tougher defenses. It's, You know, given the division that they're going to be in, can he go against Brayden Point and Nikita Kucherov when they play Tampa, for example? I don't know.
1: Who can? (laughs) Right. I mean, I have some. I have
2: some thoughts, but that's for another another show.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be so wild.
1: Well, and then a short season actually benefits a lot of these players who are who are trying to prove themselves right? Because there are teams that haven't played a game since March, players that haven't played a game since March, and they're not doing a preseason if everything goes according to the plans that I've seen thus far. So, you know, there's a big risk for injury, especially for guys who play a lot of minutes. Right? So, even as a second C, there's still potential, with a shortened season and the greater risk of injury, to like move up to first.
0: Oh yeah, this is this is the season of the short sprint. If you have a bad five-game stretch, you're well and truly on the back foot for the rest of the season.
2: Mm-hmm. And- and is this the season that the general manager is kind of pushing the lineup each night more than ever before? Just out of, just out of pure necessity, Not necessarily desire, but pure necessity.
1: Well, and that's also going to, like, again, move move guys into a place where they're more likely to get injured, right? Mm-hmm. You want your top players to play. You want your top players to play well and often. And you know, a lot of times the top players tend to overtrain. So you know, it's 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 going to be a gamble for everybody.
0: Which means that Phil is gonna have a breakout year. Mm-hmm. And I am here for it. Two times Stanley Cindy. Cup two time Stanley Cup champion. Philip J. Kessel.
2: One time robbed of the con, Smythe.
0: Philip J. Kessel. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. <sighs> 26 players on a roster, six dedicated to your practice taxi squad. Waivers are still applicable. Oh boy! Howdy! <laughs> Tell me that is not going to screw some teams royally if in, if and when injury bugs strikes you know now you've basically gotta set your six player your six overflow players up as players that are nowhere near eligibility so they won't ever be required to go through waivers or you have to do some real shenaniganery and and collusion with the other GMs to say, don't you touch him, don't you touch him.
1: Oh, but on top of all of that, expansion draft when the season's over.
0: Yeah, this is just a landmine because one thing I've not seen anyone really bring up or talk about in all of this, when's the trade deadline and what is going to happen if someone gets traded from a US team to a Canadian team or vice
1: versa? Well, I mean, that's assuming that the, the North Division can stay in Canada because that supposedly hasn't been like determined and isn't going to be determined until like tomorrow at the earliest.
0: Well, well what I'm asking for specifically is quarantining.
1: Right. right.
2: So I think I think it's a it's just a mixture of a ton of issues. The trade deadline itself was set to be I'm trying to find the exact date. I just had it pulled up, but it's going to be at like the eighty percent mark of the regular season, which takes you into mid early to mid April.
0: April, yeah.
2: Which, if you follow certain mo- scientific models, it could be enough where borders could open, in
0: theory. You what, think there's a, the vaccine distribution?
2: Well, the vaccine distribution and, and at uptick. least and at least enough of a um, change in climate circumstances where at least in certain locales, the spread of the virus diminishes.
1: So the NHL has actually said that they are going to buy, like, uh, the vaccine for the players. Yeah. But not until after emergency um, services people and elderly actually get vaccinated. Yeah, not
0: not until it's available to the general-type public. Yeah. Right, which, which is, you know I it, it, sorry, Cassie, it sort of reminds me of like people come and ask me, Hey, do you get deals on Xboxes? And I'm like, dude, they don't even get into our company's store until everyone else gets them because mm-hmm. we're not that we're not the the you know they don't make money off of their own employees buying them, right. <laughs> so the same same thing with the with the vaccine, you know, it's like, yeah. While we are not flooding the market with all those vials, they need to go to the people that need them the most. So,
1: but by April, knock on wood, our earliest estimates I've seen are March, is when it'll hit the general public. Latest estimates are like June. So, take that as you will.
2: And who's to say there isn't another manufacturer that can come out of the winds by March? Like, no one has had one tested enough to go in front of government health departments for review. Because there has to be more out there that a private entity would happen to buy from, say, a big group of lawyers or, you know, sports leagues.
1: Well, right now there are six And only two have been approved for the United States, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what Canada's doing. I don't know how many they've approved or what's going on there, so it could potentially be that everyone in Canada is vaccinated before everyone in the United States in terms of NHL players, that is, which also brings up an interesting quarantining issue, too, so.
0: Right. So, Yeah. Could you just imagine if Seattle had actually come into the league this year? Oh my god! I mean, <laughs>
1: we would have had oh a
2: lot more to talk about <laughs> <laughs> this fall. We really would have.
0: Could you just imagine Seattle had actually come in? Do you think and this is a hypothetical and not a not a show ender? But do you do you think that if they were planned to come into the league this year? The same thing happened that the NHL would say, "Nah, wait a year."
1: No, they would still tell. They would still let Seattle in. I think. Oh. It, Even H- though H- were. HRR.
0: Okay, well, HRR, we HRR aside, they would only get that one-time HRR from the payment. Right. And they would be losing hand over fist HRR R- because they could have nobody in the. Uh, Climate change arena for games.
1: Right, but it would be the rest of the league would get that HRR payment in a year that they're not going to have fans in the seats.
0: Which they can still do now, essentially. I mean, they're still going to get it before the end of this coming season, one way or the other, right? So whether it was at the end of last season or the end of this season, they're still going to get that money in this in this window of pandemonium,
1: right? But the earlier, the better, right? I mean, at this point, I'm not it so sure. Be.
0: I yeah, I gotta I gotta disagree with you, Cassie. I think they would have I think they would have punted them a year because they want the they want the hype. That's
2: right? true. Well, mm-hmm. I I just think they're probably leaving too much on the table financially. Yeah. The cost will be greater than whatever new revenue this 32nd team could bring in. And I guarantee they modeled that.
0: I would hope they did. I would um, hope they did. Just because I just, I could not see them saying to Seattle in the midst of all of, you know, right now saying, yeah, go ahead, you know. <laughs>
2: Not to mention the local health issues you would have to deal with. I mean, Patrick, you know, and Cassie, you guys both know better the circumstances in the Seattle area, like bringing a whole new organization there within weeks, you know, we were talking, we were talking probably of having an expansion draft six to eight weeks ago and then bringing all these people in and. Oof, that would have been a
0: logistical nightmare. Oh yeah, I no training, no you know, no, no formal training, facility training camp,
1: arena. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, so, I would, I would just, I would make the assumption that um, if they, if they were to come in this year, that the facilities would have to be done, not like they are currently. But
1: then again, like, I mean, other than the timeline, I think would have been difficult to pull off in trying to get an entire new team. All of the players and families moved to Seattle during a pandemic would have been difficult to pull off. But the fact of the matter is, the NHL is planning to play this season without fans in the stands. So would they really need their own arena for that? Couldn't they just go to like Kent or to Everett? and playing a WHL arena instead? They
0: totally could. So, I mean, there are facilities here that could be turned in, you know, like the Show Center or the Angel of the Winds.
1: Right. Angels of the Winds, sorry. They're not, like, worried about getting, you know, gate revenue at that point. And it'd probably be cheaper to, like, turn on the lights in a WHL arena than an NHL arena.
0: Yeah, but then you also have to wonder about <clears throat> the television stuff, too.
2: That, and would the Players Association sign off on it?
1: Right, because it's not NHL facilities.
2: Yeah, even though it does up the number of jobs for their union, it's it's still uh, are we putting this team at a disadvantage by not having
1: X amenity
0: I mean, I mean, Yeah,
2: that really doesn't matter, but it kind of does matter?
0: You know, stick... It would probably it would probably have ended up being the where because mm-hmm. it's a newer facility. It's a little bit bigger. Um, I'm sure the the locker rooms and the on-site facilities are. I've not been in them, but I'm I'm sure they're probably a little more up to date than the AOW is.
1: But I think Everett actually has like. They're wired for TV.
0: Oh, showers is wired. Sure that, showers is wired it? for TV, too, yeah. They okay. both are wired. Um,
1: God. But yeah, it would have been the logistical nightmare. It, that's, that's what would have stopped it once Pat said that. I was like, oh, yeah, no, they wouldn't do it this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, I could just see how mind-bogglingly crazy trying to organize the Expansion draft, you know, in September, start making that stuff happen in September and October, so that could happen, you know, like in November, and then asking everyone to uproot themselves and move to Seattle over the holidays.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and now, now it's now it's potentially happening late July, so only a month later than Vegas's
1: timeline.
0: Yeah, when they did.
1: Well, I mean, his. And I don't think it has because they barely know what they're doing this season. Have they, has the NHL like hinted at a start date for the 21 22 season?
2: They have not.
1: Because I know that they would, they were talking about moving the start of the season later than what it has been. So the offseason could potentially run into like October or something.
2: Here's the only problem with that. The league for next season has to deal with the Beijing Olympics, which I had I've seen the same thing where they start around the second or third week of October instead of, you know, that first Wednesday. But can they afford to do that and take a two and a half week break mid-season? I don't know.
1: Are they allowing the NHLers to go to the Olympics? Last year, they weren't. Oh, it,
2: it's in the new CBA. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. They're mm. going.
1: <laughs>
2: that That's why when the announcement of the Florida All-Star game that was postponed, it was pushed out two seasons where they talked about the Winter Classic just being punted one
1: year. Right.
2: And yet the Kane Stadium Series game Scheduled for uh, middle of uh, February No announcement has been, uh, been uh, made on that And oh look, they play in a division With the Chicago
1: Blackhawks <laughs> Makes you think you Gee, I wonder how that will turn out
0: You people are so twisted You think it's all about the money <laughs> Uh-huh all about that HRR and television revenue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I uh, I don't see them. I don't see them pushing the start of next season back much further than a week. Honestly,
2: that's about what I. If I had to make a prediction right now, I'd say sometime between the eighth and the tenth of October. And-
0: I, I honestly don't see them pushing it back, you know. I don't think they care. I have to phrase this carefully. Um, I don't think there is as much pushback about a short off season if you end this season in July, by the middle of July.
2: Correct, yeah.
0: Because some of those guys take off and go play in tournaments that go a little bit longer anyway. And they've also done the World Cup of Hockey and that kind of crap in August, so in September. So I don't think there'll be nearly as much pushback.
1: So, oh, they all get bored by, like, mid-July anyway during a regular season, you know, regular season start and stop. Oh, yeah. they all get bored by July and they all start skating anyway when they really don't need to for another yeah. month. And all the
2: players with kids end up back in their locales but in August anyway.
1: Right. To start school and, and all of
2: that. And what's going to be even more interesting going into next season, next full season, is what do arena calendars look like? Because I may have a little insider information into how certain events are being booked or rescheduled for touring artists and whatnot. And oh boy, this summer is going to suck for people in the industry. I mean, the NHL is probably going to have to hire a second scheduling person just to handle the amount of changing information just to deal with openings and availabilities. It's going to be a logistical nightmare for people this summer.
0: I'm wondering if they just got to be very interesting. I wonder if they just don't start packing arenas summer dates for concerts. And then just you know, blotting out a day or two or three a month for events during the hockey season because I'm thinking of, you know, something like Madison Square Garden, which is just a a madhouse anyway.
2: And then how many of these, you know, touring shows are going to put book you know the the two night stands because I imagine lots of tours they may shorten the city uh, the shorten the list of cities that they attend, but they put up another show knowing they can fill it and they can get their returns rather than just spread out all over the place because who knows what facilities can rehire and not rehire yet?
1: And I mean, it just depends on on who has priority within the arena, right? I mean, is it a sports team that has is the anchor tenant, or is it uh, like tours and things that are the anchor tenants? I mean, if the NHL comes in and says, we're doing this and here's our schedule, then, yeah, you know, does it, everyone will end up booking around them anyway? Because yeah. they did it first, right? But then will some arenas bump NHL games because they would rather have, uh, you know, a a three night stand for you too?
0: I just always go back to Billy Joel in the playoffs that one year <laughs> uh, that that ended up causing the back to back between wasn't it, it was like Game Six and Game Seven because he had a he had a two day stint at uh, Madison Square Garden in the middle of their playoff run. And I think it was mm-hmm. against Tampa. But yeah, you know, oh, they got, you know, let, they have three days off between the next game because Billy Joel's playing two nights and needed a night and needed a day for setup. <laughs> what the hell is he need a day for setup for? Oh, because the stagehands had to build Allentown and then let it naturally deteriorate.
2: <laughs> Plus, I mean, it just takes a half a day just to get the trucks into the arena anyway, going through Manhattan.
0: Jeez. Oh, they do most of that stuff at night now. They've got it down to pretty good science.
2: Oh, I know. But multiple trucks in, multiple trucks out, depending upon what needs to be done. It's it's really fascinating the way they've broken it down.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, gotcha. yeah.
2: You think, you think a certain sports league would learn something, you know, be through <laughs> osmosis, being around, stuff like that.
1: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> and I'm not just talking about, you know, changeover between ice and whatever event you have coming up tomorrow
1: Hmm. so
0: um i got nothing else
1: were we going to talk about that that uh goalie situation with washington
0: i just hope hank's okay i don't care if he comes back you know same it's yes it really sucks i would have loved to have seen him you know even being a backup and whatever get you know a good run in another good playoff run in but at this point i just
1: yeah i mean if he wants a job in hockey he'll have it you know all he has to do is ask and the rangers will give but like your health is your health and you can't like get that back if you screw it over yeah. Or it's a hard time getting it back if you do screw it over.
0: Yeah. On oh, especially, you know, I don't think he really said what the issue with his heart was, but yeah, you don't play. Especially when you know there's a virus running around that has upper respiratory issues or mm-hmm. implications. So
2: and, and with all the talk that being off, you know, away from games and and, and playing in games as a detriment to an older goalie i he is wise and smart enough that if and I, this is if pure conjecture on my part if the biggest concern was dealing with the travel and covid vis-a-vis whatever his medical situation is and he is physically capable of playing in an nhl season when the public health crisis is over or contained, and he is not at a greater risk than anyone walking out of their house any other day of the week. Yeah. He is still a good enough player. He could come back and be useful.
0: And oh, just- he's... Uh, yeah, he's probably... Uh, you know, he looked good. He so, looked good against I mean, the Hurricanes. I mean, that wasn't on him.
2: Oh, he's... De- he is not the young, hot goalie who can carry price the situation anymore.
0: Well, even but, price can't carry price the situation
1: anymore. Right. No, but... <laughs> He's kind of aged he, out of that one.
2: New York definitely had two other guys that were capable of doing it in short spurts. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens as we approach, I guess it's December 27th.
0: Oh yeah. What does
2: it does he just decide to opt out and have his contract? He'll, he'll give it a shot with Washington next season, or or not? Because I would, I know there are lots of people that they are happy that he is not going to put his life in danger.
1: I mean, but, they could put him on on long term IR. They could, I
2: but, I. I I want to see him go out his way and not just, okay, I'm calling it a career never wearing another jersey. Like, I don't mind the Marty Border played 7 games for the St. Louis Blues. I'd love to see him be the backup that gets the cup. That'd be awesome.
0: And contributes to it, too. Yeah. You know. And this would this would have been the year where that backup goaltender role would have been huge.
2: And you know, playing for a team with, in Washington, who I think their window is closed in a normal 82 game season. But we're we're about to enter bizarro world where anything can happen in a short and compressed time frame where it would benefit a team an older team like them.
0: Bizarro world 2.0. <laughs>
1: Uh Bizarro, yeah. Bizarro yeah, world we, we tried the upgraded. world has been upgraded. We tried the bubble and now we're trying the shortened season and we'll see which one is better. I mean, we've seen the shortened season but not
2: like this.
0: No, that's true. Cuz I mean that's it's a it is the most convenient travel schedule out of all of them.
2: Yeah, the divisions will be one thing that unfortunately will go away. But I'm hoping the scheduling and the way these these kind of home stands while they won't be games on back-to-back nights uh I hope that kind of stays where you stay in town for a few days. So everyone might get a chance to see Connor McDavid. Oh no, he he's out of the lineup when he's in your hometown. <sighs> I'm not bitter. Or anything.
0: <laughs> or he's only, he's only there for one night.
2: Yeah. I no, I've yet to see the man play in person because he's always been out of the lineup.
0: Oh man. I've seen him twice, but,
2: uh, let me tell you that league <laughs> MP sure was impressive last season.
0: My goodness. Yeah, I got to watch him twice. And and kind of sat not too terribly far away from Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who was out of the lineup that night.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Hey, speaking
2: of lineups, I I think I have a good one to leave on this week.
0: That that is an A plus transition.
2: Oh, thank you, sir. Uh-uh. Um, so last week was Disney's Upfronts or whatever they are calling their investor meetings to show off all the, the fancy stuff they wanna they wanna pitch and, and get some public buzz behind as they're about to spend a crap load of money to make a bunch of things, to hopefully make crap loads more. And one of the things that came out was, oh, on Disney Plus, there's going to be a new Mighty Ducks series where the Ducks have become the Hawks and now there's a new District 5 or whatever. That's what the overly dramatic trailer led you to believe. But that's boring. Let's not talk about let's go full NHL on this. Let's talk about the past. Let's take the roster of the original Might, the Mighty Ducks and recast it with current NHL players. What what could you? What kind of fun lineup could you build?
0: In the same in the same archetypes? At one hundred percent, yes. This has been the Three B Three Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Three B Three Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.